and away we go. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's a great day. That's what we say. Happy Welcome to the Greg's Garage Pod with Coach Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. Uh, the end. The, the end. Happy birthday tomorrow, Jason Pridmore. Even Thanks. though, like, we'll post this probably on Wednesday, which will be your actual birthday. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, October 4th, <laughs> Jason Pridmore's birthday. Thank you, Wish him a happy birthday on the Instagram. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Another day. Boy, you you had that thing ready to go, huh? I'm like, what's he doing? Like, what's what's going on here? Thought, are, you, are you out of breath from all that dancing? No, a little. I'm bit. just laughing. Just a little bit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I might have been dancing uh, a little bit. You're not seeing the video, folks. But I wish yeah, we could have showed funny. him. I'm so proud of myself. Like I thought about it. An Thanks hour for ago. that. Thank you for yeah, that. You're welcome. That's very cool. So to go find rights-free happy birthday song music, you know, so we don't get a strike. Anyway, oh, yeah, we don't want to get in trouble. So I'm in the States, yeah. and you are where? I'm in Jerez, Spain. So cool. It's uh, looking out my window right now. Got to, uh, I got a, you know, kind of on a main road here. It's just it's the most perfect place. And then we, uh, I got three guys with me. Everybody knows who I have. I got David Kolb and Simon and uh, Tyler Olmstead. All three guys, uh, we're all staying here and. Every night, G-Dub, we just walk down into the city center. It's such a cool place and um, unbelievable food and even better gelato. That's all I can say. <laughs> Been a good trip so far? Because last so time we fun. talked, you were jumping right on an airplane and went to Europe. So you got to go to right. Portugal. Now you're in Jerez and you're there for another week. Is that no, right? No, I come home Thursday. I'll come home Thursday. Gotcha. So okay. basically, I flew from uh, Newark and then I went to Faro. Hung out there for a few days uh, on my own and then I played golf. Well, on my own as far as the boys that are with me now weren't there. So I hung out with uh, with Alex Lowe's and, and um, his family and, uh, and then your boy Stevie English. And I got a couple rounds of golf in or got a round of golf in. So that was good. I got to – I also got to – I think I sent it to you. Um, I got to hang with uh, – well, I got to golf with Remy Gardner. So him and I shared a cart all day. So it's cool because I got to get to know these guys. Yeah, that's a what we. Bit. That, and then you know we did I mean? the podcast after that day. So you got to tell us about that. Did about we about that on the podcast? Yeah. So I, yeah. so I was thinking that Newark was my last one. So yeah, that's right. We did it in Portugal, didn't we? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm losing it because we tried to do it's it when you first stuff. got there. Remember, in the hotel, right. everything was kind of crazy with the Wi-Fi and blah blah blah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So. So yeah. So I did all that. So so we are all caught up, and then I did World Superbike on the weekend. We went there, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday, Sunday. We were uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Boys flew in Friday night, picked them up Saturday, Sunday, uh, or Friday afternoon. And then Sunday night after the races, we drove down to uh, down here to Jerez, where we have ridden yesterday, and we've ridden today, and we got another day tomorrow. That's awesome. Well, in this week's podcast, we're going to talk about MotoGP Japan pretty quickly. It wasn't, like, massively eventful, but World Superbike, we really want to kind of dive into what you saw being there at Portugal, we'll talk about MotoGP Fantasy. But first things first, we're going to get to the news presented by Arai. Helmets made by the dedicated hands of those who work at Arai have shown examples of supreme protection for decades. The numerous improvements by their experienced hands and personal desire to further the protection of riders' heads are among the many unique reasons Arai helmets perform the way they do. From our very first helmet to those we make today, rider protection remains our first priority. And we at Arai shall never forget the value of what we have been seeking to protect is priceless. All right, Jay. I mean, unless you have more news items, I have been combing the internet and really haven't found much other than Axel Bassani is going to go from Moto Corsa to replace Johnny Ray at the factory Kawasaki team. What are your thoughts on that without doing too much of the World Superbike part of this podcast? No, I got nothing to – I mean, this is about Bassani, and I think that um, this goes back to 
you know, Greg, if, if Bassani was making any kind of wage, I think the easiest choice is to stay on the Ducati. Now, we don't know what kind of um, concessions are going to be made to the other brands next year. They're going to have to do something, um, I think. Uh, and I, I, I get it that when people talk to me about the Kawasaki concessions when that all started, I think that that was one rider. There wasn't a bunch of Kawasaki's winning. It was one rider. It was Johnny Ray. So are there going to be concessions made? Are there going to be things made to where Kawasaki can be more competitive? Because if your Axel Pisani's had a pretty solid year, um, he's done some good things. It's funny how he's gone a little bit quiet the last, say, two or three rounds. So, um, you know, I had a couple people at the track tell me, well, yeah, now that they, they've known for a while that he's going to be moving. <clears throat> so maybe Ducati's turned down his Ducati a little bit because he's been nowhere the last couple rounds, right? So, mm. uh, which would be really interesting if that is the case. But I think that he's going to find it a little bit more difficult on the Kawasaki. It's going to be good, I think, when he starts, when they go testing in the winter. Kawasaki is routinely known to be fast when it's cooler. I don't know how it's going to be when it gets hot out. Um, that'll be something that he'll have to get used to. I think for him being a young guy, it's a great move. He gets gets involved with, um, you know, gets involved with a new manufacturer. Sorry, I just had a weird FaceTime call come through on my phone, so I hope that didn't screw that thing. No, nope, no, we're still here yet. All right, so um, yeah, the thing is, is I think that for him, what a great move gets to be involved with a manufacturer, which will be great for him. And um, but I think he's in for a little bit of a surprise. You know, I think anybody that jumps off mm-hmm. of Ducati. And jumps on to uh, anything else is in for a shock. Hmm. What's your well, thoughts? That's pretty much it. I mean, what's your um, thoughts? I mean, it's a toughie. It's not like he's setting the world on fire on a Ducati. I mean, he's definitely got great results, and he's been up there. You know what I mean? It's not, but it's not like it's you, you got to go from a private team to a factory team on your way up. So you got to give it a try. Have and to. You can't predict the future. And what's going to happen? You know, you have to say from Johnny leaving Cowie to go to Yamaha, you have to think that Yamaha showed Johnny something of an improvement of what they have now. Like they're going to move forward, and Cowie didn't. So, do you think it, that's the, the it, thing- Craig, or do you think the fact is that maybe the concessions aren't going to be made? I mean, Kawasaki probably went to Dorna and did everything they could to find out what can we get to be improved so our package could be more competitive. Do you think it's a thing where Yamaha? Went to them and said, "Well, we've got more in the in the bike because I mean, why wouldn't they be exhausting that now?" And and on top of that, um, I don't think Kawasaki's. I don't think Kawasaki did enough to convince Johnny that they could come up with a package that can be competitive. That's my view. I don't think Yamaha had. Well, to tell I mean, him. we do know that on the world superbike level that Cowie got at least five hundred RPM back this year. But the problem is, you can't really implement it. And, and have it successful because of the transmissions being kind of locked yeah. and some other factors. So I think they're going to probably look at that. You know, if you keep in mind two years ago, they created the ZX 10 RR for a reason to, to be a homologation specialty or a special, you know, bike. And then without anybody knowing Scott smart kind of clipped them and said, no, you get the same RPM as the, as the 10 R from the year before. Right. Like, and the whole idea is as an RR, as a bike being sold, they, the, that bike was able to make at least 500, if not 1,000 uh, RPM more than the 10R yep. is able to make. Yep. So I think that was kind of the idea. So I think, the, I think your point is the Kawasaki didn't do enough to tell Jonathan, like, this is what our plan is. This is what we're going to do. This is what the rules allow us to do. And this is going to be a banger. Yep. But also, I agree, you know, it might have been this, that. right? It might have been the situation where. Um, Jonathan just felt like it was time for a change, you know. Yeah, just, but just I also think scenery. I also think that that when it gets you know when it gets warmer, the Yamaha is able to sustain itself a little bit more tire wise than the Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. So I think that when you look at it um, again, it's it's amazing getting getting um, getting to hang out with a few of the guys inside the paddock and understanding what people are hearing and thinking and seeing. And I think that when you look at Top Rack and Locatelli, even this last weekend. Um, when it got warmer, the Yamaha is still somewhat sustainable, um, in the heat tire wise. I think it, I think it takes care of its tires a little bit better than the Kawasaki does. Kawasaki, as soon as it gets warm, it's very, very difficult for Johnny and Alex to, to do anything on that bike. So yeah, that's a shame. It's, uh, I think it's a little bit 
you know, and Johnny is a racer and he'll bring a whole new eye and development to that team. I think, um, I, I, I had a great talk with Paul Denning on the weekend. And one of the things he said to me is that some of the way Johnny rides might actually help Locatelli a little bit more because there'll be more similarities there because top rack requires certain things and he does things a little bit different than what anybody else does. Yeah. So that said, he had bracing being the first and foremost on there, but yeah. Well, yeah. And so that said, Greg, I think that the big thing is they, um, they feel that, that it, it actually might help Andrea Locatelli as well. So, um, Remy Gardner went extremely well on the weekend as you know, too. So I think it looks pretty good for all of them, um, on Yamaha side. I think they're excited about the change. For Bassani, it's just going to be a whole new level of, you know, expectations, and I think he's going to have to kind of fill them out. What he thinks his expectations are going to be once he rides the bike. Hey, have you heard the story? I read it a couple of days ago that on the MotoGP side of things, Mark Marquez either staying at Honda or leaving to go to Ducati might be just a one-year contract, and then yeah. Honda would let him go, and then he would come back as after they fixed the bike. I mean, does that would, sound like one of the most insane? Somebody was smoking the ganj, came up with a story and decided to publish it type thing. The fact that some of this stuff gets written, and if in fact that would be true, I think that the 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 thing that you have to ask yourself is why would Ducati want that? They why, wouldn't. Why they would wouldn't Ducati want, want Mark Marquez to come ride their bike and then go back to Honda? Why would they? Honda want that? would. Honda would if they think Ducati's got secret sauce That's and he could get off the bike and tell them all the great stuff that they're doing over there. It's insane. Yeah, I don't see I mean, that happening. I don't yeah. see it happening. Word on the street over here, he's gone. He's going to Grassini, and there's not even any questions. I know before we got on, you said you feel like he's going to stay. Mm. You know, Greg, you and I, we're not in that paddock, as I always say on this podcast. But I was around enough people this weekend that kind of feel like he is definitely moving on. He's definitely going to Grassini. And I think that um, was it, was it, it wasn't Paulo that came out and said it, was it? Gigi came out and said basically that, Marquez is coming. He's there, and it's going to be a comp- he's, it's going to be a complicated situation. And you know, he's an eight-time yeah, world champion. It's going to and- be very complicated for Ducati, for factory, for Peco, for parts allotment, for who's the top dog. It's going to be nuts. I think one of our other news items that you should cover too. I just read it. I saw it this morning, actually. But I mean, how about them getting rid of Augusto Fernandez at Gas Gas and, and making room for Acosta? So. They're going to get rid of Fernandez, and I believe this is the second or third time they've just basically got rid of a rookie. I think Bender mm-hmm. comes to mind. Bender was yep. there, got rid of him, and I can't remember. Zarco left on his own, but he was on the yeah. factory. He was on the factory bike, though. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, man. That's a pretty bad look on KTM's part. Augusto Fernandez has done a pretty good job, and I realize they don't want to lose Acosta. I get it, but. The flip side of things, it's it's not a good look. And I think Fernandez has been off. They probably offered him a bucket load of money and they've given him like eight wild cards or 10 wild cards or something like this. So he's still going to get to ride and they've guaranteed him a seat for 25, which basically tells me they're fulfilling their obligation to pull, letting him go one more year. And or, to Jack, he, or to Jack. And maybe he retires or to Jack. Yeah, maybe they, they've got two riders right now that are, that are that could be cut, right? So... If they do that, then there might be that opportunity that that Augusto's going to be there and he's going to fill one of those spots and they've guaranteed it. So inter- interesting dilemma KTM put themselves in because we've known for months they have four bikes and five riders. And yeah, pretty pretty crazy stuff. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much that. And speaking of MotoGP, let's just go ahead and get right into the racing stuff. Um you know, we started the weekend. It's it's right now. It is the Jorge Martin show. Period. So they go to Mategi, Jason. They haven't been to Mategi in quite a while. Four years, I think, with COVID and all that stuff. Is or that what it's maybe been? They, wow. Did they go last year? No, they went yeah. last year. I thought they, they went, went last year, year with like no fans. I think is what it Jack was. Jack Miller won last year. I think. Yeah, that's right. So they went last year with no fans, but this year they show up and they just start crushing track records all all over the place, and. In the end of the sprint race, it was Jorge Martin, Bender, Peko Bagnaya. Jack Miller was fourth, which was a good. I mean, it was a, it's a shortened race and everything, but it was nice to see Jack kind of maintain the level. It because was. He was only about a second behind Bagnaya. Zarco was fifth. Bedzecki, Marquez in seventh. DG Antonio in eighth. When we got to the race race, the featured race, 
this was crazy. So everybody knows rain's coming. You know, people's people's thoughts are, let's go ahead and start the race early because they know rain's coming. But but look, Dorna has got TV rights across the world. And there's a bunch of networks all around the world that say this race starts at three minutes and one, you know, like uh, three at three o'clock and one minute, I think, is the start time for MotoGP mm. now. Yep. And it's like you got to start like regardless of if the weather's coming or not, it has nothing to do with anything. And so anyway, so the tension builds. They finally clear the grid. They get going and the rain starts, Jay. And it's not like pouring rain. It's like light rain. Okay. So the whole field starts the race on slicks, and they don't even complete a f- one full lap. Everybody but five riders come in. I and saw. Ri- yeah. Wow. Yeah. The riders that stayed out were the four test riders, or three. So it was like Piro, Piro. Yeah. Crutchlow, Brottle, um, Morbidelli stayed out, which I thought was really weird. I did and then too. One o- and one other person stayed out. You know, that wasn't up front, and I think they were kind of taking the risk or whatever. So at the second lap, everybody pulls in. So bikes come in, people jump off bikes onto their backup bikes, yay, two bike rule, and they get on their rain tires and they set sail. And Morbidelli stays out, dude. It was nuts. He yeah, stayed, he stayed out. out for like and two laps, didn't he? Because I saw them he all stayed just... out for like three laps oh. or four laps. And it was enough where they, Piero was actually leading the race because he stayed out too. Okay. He was leading the race, and then for like he led for like three laps, and then Morbidelli gets lapped on slicks, and that was really kind of sketchy and dangerous. I felt bad for him there, and then finally, you know, he comes in, and the rain just starts pouring, dude. Just starts coming down in buckets. Martins leading the way at the time. Bagnaya is in second. Marquez had worked his way to third. Badzecki, who was actually kind of charging at the time, was fourth. Espargaro was fifth. Miller was sixth. Fernandez, right? The guy you're getting rid of is in seventh. DG Antonio's eighth. Raul Fernandez in ninth. And Quadraro in tenth. So the red flag comes out. They complete over 50% of the race. I think it was at 50% or like 50% plus a lap. There is a rule, because it's in our rule book as well, Moto America's rule book, but like three-quarter race distance, it's kind of automatic. Half race distance, it's their choice or not. So they wait somewhere in the neighborhood of an hour, I think, Jay, as I remember like looking at the broadcast. Okay. And they go to restart the race, the track. So it, it was it was deep, dude. Like race control did a really good job. Okay. I don't think yep. many people tossed it, but a couple of the riders were throwing their hands in the air and race control said, forget about it, because it was deep. Okay. So they they restart the race. Now everybody's you gotta also understand like what was really strange is a bunch of riders were in dry setups. There was no rain suits. They had dark visors, you know, they didn't have visors taped up and all, all the stuff that you would do for rain on the first start. The second start now, people I your suit's wet, right? So nobody put a rain suit on that I saw. Yeah. And now your visors are at least rain visors and this and that. They go out. And on the first lap of the restart, it pours again. Oh. So they call the race, and that was it. So it's weird. They went half race distance, basically, but they awarded them full points. Okay. I, I feel bad for Miguel Oliveira. That poor guy pulled in because he couldn't see anything. You yeah. Know? I, it's one of those races where you kind of you take chances, and sometimes you come out looking brilliant. Sometimes you don't. We were we woke up that morning and uh, at our hotel in, uh, in uh, Portimao. We were, we were staying at this really cool place and we would take the computer down to breakfast and we'd put it on the on the table and watch the race while we're having breakfast. And we knew something weird must have been going on because it was like three hours later and it still hadn't posted. So we were worried that something bad had happened and that was the reason why that we couldn't see it. And uh, you know what I mean? How that goes. And so yeah. – um, we ended up being we ended up being in a cafe at the track and they started playing highlights of all the races but the highlight packages were like 15 20 minutes long they were they were really good so we just ended up seeing the highlights so i didn't get to see it as in much detail as you just gave it to me but i did see that it looked like they were hydroplaning like that's just, it looked like it was yeah they were it, it got really sketchy that last lap and yeah. had they had they gone one more lap it would have been way way too dangerous now what also happened was is that a couple of the riders came in and didn't execute their bike swap properly. 
So they got ride through penalty or uh, long lap penalties because you have a certain you have to you have to like land in your box. You can't ride through other people's pit box to get to your bike, Mm. even if they're empty. Okay. so a couple people did that. And then for Zarco, Zarco ended up crashing and then the red flag came out and he but he was uh, they don't have the same actively participating rule. I, I think that we have necessarily, but he had to push his bike back to pit lane. And he came in the wrong way. Okay, now I saw from- this is what Steve English was texting me about earlier, and I hadn't. I said to him, I didn't really see it, but wasn't the difference between where he pushed it in like six feet? Like it was like this little. It was like this. I saw it. It's like the difference was Greg was like he he basically took one little road, and if he had gone six feet further, there was another little road. But they both yep. went to the same place. Same place. It's just like, come on, dude. Like, what are we doing? It's just so stupid. Now. Like Steve wrote in his text to me that it had to have been gone over in the rules and all this shit. And I get it, but like, there's just certain things to me. And again, I didn't get to see it in full, but it just seems petty and stupid, but it is what it is. Rules are rules. I mean, you just take, you take your stars out of the show. I mean, Zarco is is a star. He is correct. Correct. He's getting better as a French rider. He's getting better results than, than Quattararo is. And the guy can absolutely shred like, at the beginning of the race, he was way in the back of the field, got a bad start or something happened, and he just kept going fastest lap of the race, fastest lap of the race, working his way through the field. But anyway, is what it is. It didn't really tell us much of anything in terms of the sprint race other than to say that, dude, Jorge Martin is just, he's in the groove right now. He's in the Total groove. Role. The other thing, too, is that Pecco was really happy with second place. And the reason is, as he alluded to post-race press conference, he's never gotten on the box in the rain before. Well, yeah, on those days, anything you can do, you got to be happy. I mean, I'm looking down this list of results, and like you said, Miller ends up six. Aleish was fifth. He, he was kind of going backwards in the dry the first day. Um, I mean, Digia, he wrote great. I mean, Digia Antonio. Great. You got Fernandez yeah. and Digia Antonio finishing six, uh, seventh and eighth in this race. And, you know, Digia Antonio's had two years. Fernandez has had, you know, however many races. And, both these guys aren't going to be there next year. Raul Fernandez is starting to come back through and, and show himself to be capable. In fact, that was one of the things that Remy Gardner told me when I was with him was how good Raul Fernandez is. He's got a very high level of respect for, for Raul Fernandez. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's taken him some time, but maybe he's finally starting to show that as well. I mean, MotoGP right now, again, it was kind of fun to watch because it was a, you know, it got, it, India was great because it was a new track. Otegi was great because there were some things thrown at it. Never liked to see a Grand Prix not get to run its full distance, but you know they didn't really have a choice, did they? So that's uh, no, they that's have a one, choice. That's, the, yeah, and the championship is three points. Pecco's yeah. got three on Martin. Bedzeki's two sixty five. He's not completely out of it yet, but I think the rest of the field, Alicia Spargo, you know, one seventy one, one sixty two. They're pretty far back there. So I think it's really just down to Ducati. You know, and it and it's all good for them. Moving on to Moto Two, Jay. That's I watched that's, this one. No, you did. Congratulations. Yep, you your got boy. to watch it. Your boy. My boy did okay. He didn't. He didn't yeah. win the race. No, but he I got mean, second. He, he but, got second, but yeah. it was Chantra, dude, who had been fast the whole weekend. I mean, the whole absolute weekend. But Iagora put on a good fight because Chantra looked like he could win this race by, especially at those first like five or six laps when. Right. The Ogora, Acosta, Jake Dixon, Salich Battle, or you know those three really kind of sorted itself out. It looked like Chantra was gone, but Iagora, man, he kept it interesting. So Chantra wins uh, on the same team, by the way. You know the the Honda Team Asia team. So you want to talk about if Ogora had had won the thing, it would have been absolutely pandemonium there. Yeah, but yep. the fact that the team went one two was good. One point three seconds. Pedro Acosta ends up in third. Ahead of Jake Dixon, Salich, Gonzalez, Ramirez, dude. I mean, you really have to tip your cap because Marco Ramirez, who's back on the OnlyFans American Racing Team, the team that Joe Roberts is going to next year, they, you know, with Sean Dillon Kelly and with Cam Bobier, they weren't the highest performing team. And all of a sudden, Marco Ramirez is two top tens in a row. It's He's pretty, done well. pretty impressive. He's done well, hasn't yeah. he? And, and I mean, Kinnett, and, um, yeah. Yeah, Vanden Gerborg is another one, seventh mm. place, and Binder, and so it's um, you know Binder's up there in the mix and all that stuff. 
it's been interesting to see how this whole thing unfolds. It's just good to see my boy Ayagora back. And by the way, our boy Jeff Wheel had to fly to, to Arai for meetings, flew to Japan on Saturday, Friday. Okay. So he didn't go to the races, but he's there. And he was in Arai headquarters, and there's like a poster of a Japanese style poster, Jay, you know, which yeah, is yeah. like, yep. you know, it's just got, it's, it's, it's just always like really busy. Yep. All those Japanese ads and the posters, they all have right, you know, text everywhere and all these little photos, whatever. But there's one of Ayagura in there. So he's sending it to me going, Oh, you wish you were here. I'm like, shut up, stupid. That's cool. But there were some, uh, there were some the, good standout rides yeah, here too. The, Joe rode amazing. Joe Roberts, he ran off the track, which was a shame. Yeah, Joe. And can he, he did a really good job. I think he ended up 12th, didn't he? He ended up 10th or 12th. Yeah, 12th. Um, but man, like, what's going on with uh, Arbolino now? He has just shit the bed the last couple rounds. I don't know. Guy was leading the points early in the I year. Know. Signs a new deal. It's weird how it works. He's fifty now behind Acosta wow. too, Jay. Wow, is that 50. much? Huh? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Dixon's almost a hundred points back. He's Dixon's like ninety six point ninety four points back. Wow. It's uh, it's looking pretty good right now for Pedro Acosta with yeah. five five rounds to go in this in the championship. Yeah. Pretty yep. gnarly. No, it's good. Did you watch? Did you watch? Uh, did you watch yeah, Moto Three? Yeah, absolutely right. Did you watch it? I watched Moto Three. Did you watch Moto Three? I did. Yeah, Masia beats you? Sasaki and Halgado. Man, what a great, what a great race to be able to have those three guys that are all battling for this championship. Those three guys went at it, you know, full bore, and Masia comes out on top over Sasaki and Halgado. Nepa Ortola was fifth. Munoz, Alonso, Toba. Uh, who was up there for a lot of the race at India, if you're mean. So it's nice to see him coming back a little bit. Yamanaka, Rueda um, were your top 10 finishers. So, um, yeah, Moto3, uh, what is the points in that now, Greg? I'm just trying to see if I can find that. Maybe you can look it up. But it's got, I'll get I know it for you right now because, you know, we're boys. It's super the, close. Masi has got 199, Sasaki 193. So it's a six-point difference. And Halgado's got now, huh? 190. So – Wow. Yeah. So they're th- within the top three, they're nine points separating the top that's three. That's wild. They've been, um, yeah. It's that's a good championship. Great Considering championship. how close they are and how much danger they put themselves in seemingly from where, from where we're sitting, it's yeah. pretty gnarly. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's pretty gnarly. It's scary stuff to watch that race. I mean, it really is. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was good to watch. And, uh, they are off this weekend and then they go, Mm-hmm. Where do they go, G Dub? Um, Man- Mandalika. Mandalika, I think Thailand and Phillip Island. Is that what they do next? They go Mandalika, Phillip Island. Yeah, yeah. Phil- they go Mandalika, then to Phillip Island, then to Burry Ram. Three Burry Ram. weeks in a row. Okay. Then they have a week off. Then they go Sepang. And then, oh, so there's six rounds. Oh, no, no, that's right. One of those, one of those got taken off the calendar, right? Uh, um, oh no, they that's right. So so they go they go Mandalika, Phillip Island, Barry Ram. Okay. Unless Barry Ram's off, which I think it's I think it's okay. Right? I think it's on. It wouldn't then be they on go, this yeah. It's okay. Sepang, then they go to LaSalle. Then they go to Valencia. That's right. They go uh they go back to Qatar, don't they? That's right. And then they go to Valencia from there. That's yeah. yeah. Wild. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's a busy deal for those guys. Uh man, three more on the trot flying around the globe. So that's going to be uh, a big deal. How'd you do in fantasy this week? Oh, dude. I mean, I, I climbed the ladder, but now you're in like, you're like 160th and I'm like 202 or something God, like that. Breaks, Let's breaks go take a heart. look because. That breaks, breaks my yeah, heart. Yeah, I do. I... Yeah, really sad for you, man. Really? Yeah. You, really you're going to be like you. that? Yeah. Well, you did give me a rash. Why you got to be shit? like that? Because you it's just. Your birthday. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Happy birthday. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's really good. Um, really good. <laughs> hey, all right, I had so to, let's take a I look at to, it because I had my to take boy. No end of what? shit. I had to take no end of shit from, from Stevie because apparently he's right involved in our podcast. Like, he's doing really good, apparently. I got to see if I can find him. I think he's 50th. What's his thing? All right, so I'm two, I, I moved up to two thirteen, really okay, good, which Craig. which, really which good hurts me you. bad. You really you are at one sixty. JP sponsor me up to eighth place though. Let's go. Let's, Let's do go. it. Let's do it, man. I love hearing it. Uh, what do we got? Kingfisher up front. 
2238 to 21 to 2196. So, uh, 42 point lead. It's a nice little lead. And both the guys at the front. It is. Actually, the first three guys all have turbos left. Kingfisher's only got one. Watch seventh place, man. DJ30X. That's my boy, Dan Yazza. He just moved his way up to seventh place after a big weekend. See, I got a text message. I like GP Wanabe. I like that. Wanabe. Wanabe. That's so great that you just said that because I think I got a message. And now he's going to kill me because I know I have it. It's it's, um, Fadi, I think. F-A. I know who it is. So, anyways, that's him. And he's doing good. GP Wannabe. Wannabe. See that? Yeah, that's. So. GP Wannabe. Yeah, with with Abe in quotes, I like that. That's that's a good way to do it. Yep, yep, he's but killing dude, it. All these all these teams, twenty three million. I mean, the, the the person who's struggling the most in the top ten right now in terms of team value, yep, is JP forty three sponsor me. Yep, right, like literally a twenty million, at least two two to three point two million behind in terms it. of team value. So you got to kind of stick with what you got. But this is this is the beauty of it, you know, in, in terms of like. For me, I had to make a change because I had someone who got injured and was out. And what I ended up doing was getting rid of my manufacturer and getting rid of the rider. And I got Ducati back, which was good because Ducati now got me 42.25 points. But I had to go with Mir. And honestly, dude, Mir, for me in silver, outscored Vinales by almost 50%. Almost yep. double, I mean, almost a, wow. almost a hundred. So like, Mir got me six and a half points. Vinales got me three and a half points. Bagnaya got me thirty-seven. Bedzeki, who kind of had a bit of an off weekend, got me twenty-five. So I, I climbed up. But I mean, this is just this is no. What was it last year? I finished second in the league. Uh, you finished second in this year? league? Did two you? years ago? I don't remember. Yeah, hell yeah. I, don't I almost even won like the, thinking about Yeah, it. you remember? But even I don't remember. Bull, bull pucky. Is, look, folks, wait, if you want to join at, us is, in the fantasy league, is Steve what? English? Is Steve English? What? Twenty third. What's his game? Look for well. Look for people tag? from Ireland. And I, I thought he was wooden maybe, spoon. If it's what if he's wooden spoon, which is a very strange sexual pro- proclivity, by the way. Is that I right? Want to know what well, he's you, there? He fully said. If hold that, on, I'm that, asking right now. I'm asking him. I let's hold on a second. We got to just see. See what. He well, that's back the with. only person from uh, denoted Ireland. in Ireland who's in the top seven. Oh yeah, because he turboed. He turboed his boy, uh, uh, Martin this week. He turboed Martin. He took Crutchlow. Oh he yeah, took, yeah, yeah. He took. Yeah, Crutch, he got ninety five points. So yeah, it's got to be him. He's twenty third. If he wins it, yeah, he's only got one turbo it. left. He's twenty third. He's not winning shit. He's got one turbo left. Is he had Crutchlow, so Crutchlow is yeah. probably worth like one point two, one point three million. So he's going he to have to get taken, rid of Crutchlow. He could have find he somebody else. We got in this discussion. He could have taken DJ Antonio, but he took Crutchlow instead. With like just kind of trust me, I wanted him instead of Mir, but Mir was a million bucks, and I only had a million bucks left in the bank after I got Ducati back. I'm His other thing too is he get he has killing his, it. His team is strong, but there's yeah. other people that have his team. So, yeah. like, the, he's not going to be able to make up points unless they start messing. But having Pecco and Jorge Martin as your gold riders, uh, having Bedzeki as your silver, and then you have Ducati and he has KTM as a team, I mean, that's that's pretty freaking strong, dude. Pretty, Man. Pretty strong. It's good. Let's, yep. look at what, let's look at what Kingfisher has. So, Kingfisher slipped a little bit this week. Really? Uh, had, had more, I mean, in terms of, yeah, Martin. Yeah, he had Pecco, left Pecco in silver. He left Pecco in silver. I'm saying if he had moved, yeah, Bender hurt him in terms of just leaving Bender in gold. That's all I'm saying. Well, but that's my fault. Is, that's my fault. So I really, apologize to Kingfisher right now because I brought Bender onto my team. So he was bound why? for. Why? Well, I, because I had to get rid of Marini. And oh, I had to okay. Get rid I thought of, you gave him advice and I was going to berate. No. no, I was just going to berate that guy and say, never listen to Jason Pridmore's advice when fantasies and play. I'm on the way forward, dog. Zaplantas, by the way, in fourth place, out of turbos. Oh, Zaplantas, you're in trouble. Good so team, is Team though. Rhino. If you have Jorge, Binder, Pecco, and Bedzeki, are you effing kidding me? You have Martin, Binder, Bedzeki, and Pecco, and you have Ducati, and you have KTM. Mm. 
Red Bull KTM. How can you not win this? Holy shit. That's see, a pretty good ugh. team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to see how things go here. I, I don't know when they'll put those back up. So people really slipping though. Our boy Troy Simmons. Ugh. Let's uh let's get on to some world series. Caroline's slipping. She's waiting. Oh well, before we do, ever just a reminder, Greg's Garage yeah. Pod with Coach Jason Pridmore is our league. We got three hundred and eighty six people. The winner, Arai Helmet, Dunlop, Q fives. Second place will get Q fives. Third place gets Q five S's, and someone randomly, as we are gonna figure it out at the end of the season, is gonna get a lucky one on one day with Jason Pridmore out of Chuck Walla this winter to go ride, learn, and take away lessons for the rest of your life. It's going to be an awesome time. So even if you join us late, join us because you have a chance to win a one-on-one with JP. All right, now let's get into some World Superbike, Jay. Let's get into some Because World we race, World Superbike races on Saturday. They have one race on Saturday, which is race one. It's a full feature-length race. And your boy, Bautista, two seconds over Raz Gottlioglu, Ray, Garrett Gerloff. He didn't get enough, you know, time on the tv screen in my opinion but that dude charged through the field and fought his way into fourth place alex Lowe's was up there early slipped back and then was able to kind of get on with Gerloff a little bit you know he kind of latched on there vandemark was up there early he fades to seventh as remy garner got around him who had a great weekend like in eighth Locatelli, vierge eh, on back through the field all right let's do a little bit more than we usually do with World Superbike because you were there. So what was Saturday's, what was Friday, Saturday's vibes like? And what was it like watching race one from the sidelines? Uh, yeah, it was great. Um, Portimao is an incredible, incredible racetrack. But if you've got like a media pass or a, a pass to get you into the paddock, it's a shit track to try to go watch from anywhere. Um you know, I had the is boys. It too much elevation. Like, it's is just that it's, the problem? it's not a good place. Like, if you could get up into the grandstands, which we eventually did, um, we got into the grandstands across from pit lane, and that was actually pretty good. When you're at the top, we went there for race two on Sunday. Race one was interesting because the Kawasaki's put down some heaters in qualifying, and they end up first and second, obviously. So that was pretty cool for them um, to go one two. They both got good starts. I think that the opening laps of that race were really fun to watch for a lot of people because there was four or five bikes up there battling for it. But, you know, you kind of always felt like it was going to come down to the type, the two guys that were, that were you know, doing the business up front, Batista and Toprak. I came into the weekend. Stevie kind of asked me, Stevie English kind of asked me, he's like, Jay, what do you, what do you reckon for the weekend? I said, Batista's going to win them all. And everybody kind of thought Toprak would win one, and the guy rode – like he should have, um, he should have won one. He's top rack is incredible being there live, watching it, seeing it. Um, and, and really great race too, which we'll get to in a minute. It's, I wouldn't call it one of the greatest races I've ever seen because everybody's gone online and said, it might be the best world Superbike race ever. It might be this. We talking about race that. two. Yeah. Race two. Um, mm. I think I can see where people would say that because they have short term memory loss, but yeah, it was one of the greatest it was one of the greatest performances I'd ever seen by a rider in top rack. Correct. But, it, but the, 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 the race itself was predictable. Like there was, he couldn't get away. There was nothing he could do. He was relentless. He tried every, every turn you could think of. He tried every place he could do anything. But when you are there live and you watch the Ducati come off the last corner, you, it, it nobody's got a chance. It's like 0.0 chance. And, you know, um, Batista is. I told you, Greg, when I came here two years ago, how hard that guy rides when he was on that Honda. He was trying so hard, and with that kind of, but he doesn't have to try that hard anymore. Do you understand? Like, it's almost like no. But Jason, when he does, mm-hmm. by the way, which is the last lap of race number two, yep. When he does have to try, he's on par every other place of the racetrack as top rack. And that's the thing but, that really showed like the last lap of race two was insane. But I disagree with that too, in a way. And I'll tell you why. Okay. His, you got to remember top rack is trying to run qualifying laps. The last three or four laps of the race, five laps of the race. He's trying to put in a Q lap essentially on tires that are however many laps old. And Batista can sit there and not have to worry about it because Greg, he's gaining almost, well, he's gaining three, Tenths to half a second in the last split alone, right? He doesn't have to draft. 
And I know it sounds like sour grapes when I'm talking about Batista. I'm not. I think he's an accredited. I mean, the guy's incredible. Like, no question. But it could be way, way easier on his tires because he doesn't have to try as hard on the front tire getting in there with those guys because he can rely on what he has underneath him. It's not his fault that he's on the best bike. The thing that pisses me off about listening to him talk, though, is it's always like, oh, our bike isn't as good in these areas. And, uh, well, listen, you can't win all these races and win two championships in a row. It kind of goes back to some of the stuff we talked about in our series. You can't sit there and complain about your bike not being good in areas when you have such a giant advantage in other areas. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like do it, I ever. It doesn't balance out. Like, like you've won. You, I, I saw a stat that Paul Denning said the other day, or I saw it yesterday. I saw an interview with him. Do you realize that? Out of the 33 races that they have ran this year, Top Rack had that tire go, uh, that Pirelli tire go at uh, most. Remember that rear tire? Yep. When it when it did its thing, and then he got in. I can't remember. You're gonna remember. You're gonna remind me. But then he had he had a crash where it wasn't his fault. He got involved with somebody and went down. Where was that at? I can't remember. Mm. Anyways, was that in Japan? Maybe. Not Japan. Um, Not Japan. That, they don't race. In where's Japan. that place where they have that real tight chicane at the end of the? I don't remember. Anyway, a- I can't remember. anyways, anyways, he's had a DNF based off of kind of getting involved with another rider and being taken down. And was it? Man, where was that? Anyways, and then he's got the other one where the tire uh, basically disintegrated underneath him. The other thirty-one races, he's finished on the podium. 31 to 33 races on the podium. And I was actually I was actually happy to see him getting pissed off. Like I was thrilled to see him get pissed off. I'm like, I'm so tired of <laughs> I'm so tired of these guys. Oh, like it was at Phillip Island, Jay. It was the it was race two at Phillip Island. It was the first leg of the season. That's what yeah, it was. Was it? And yeah. I'm, I'm tired of like I appreciate the fact that Top Rack and Johnny try to be as uh, good as they are in, in in the winter circle, and is accommodating, and I don't know if that's the right word. Or there's there's a lot of sportsmanship. I I don't mind all that, but there has to be a point where somebody's just got to just say like, like, come on, this is stupid. Like, there's absolutely nothing we can do, and we've been listening to the same shit all year. There's nothing that these guys can do to compete with that bike. They can't. I mean, could could Top Rack have ridden any harder? Zero no. chance. No way. There's no. no way. The worst. The worst part of it to me is Jay. So they did it. That. That. Let's just go. We'll. We'll talk. Let's talk race two before we talk sprint race. Yeah. So just, Batista wins them that, all, yeah. like you mentioned. Top rack ends up winning race two, full feature length race. Loses by a tenth of a second. Rinaldi ends up third over Garrett Gerloff, who gets fourth again. And Gerloff was on the charge at the end of the race. He only finished six tenths of a second behind Rinaldi. Locatelli in fifth. Petrucci in sixth. Lacawona uh, Agurda. Uh, uh, Johnny Ray, who who got clattered at the beginning, ends up coming back into 10th place. But let's go back up to the front. As my memory serves, Jay, it was probably two laps to go. So, so it was lap 18 in the books. And it was the only lap that I remember where Top Rack had enough of a lead over Bautista where he came across the line in the lead. And he knew that. Yeah. And you could tell that whatever he had done or what he thought he had done on that lap he tried to do it again on the last lap to create enough of a gap. But if you watch Bautista from the TV perspective on that mm-hmm. last lap, Bautista actually reeled Top Rack in on the brakes in three corners where he had n- not reeled him in on the brakes the whole race. Wow. That's why I was kind of saying what I'm saying. I mean, but you're absolutely right. So Bautista's got way more tire underneath him than Top Rack. Dude, I, I, if you could lay both their data down, you would see like four or five of those corners where Top Rack is breaking the same amount, but he's got about 7 to 10 degrees less lean angle than than Bautista does. Do you know how hard it is to ride like that lap after lap? Dude, it's unreal. It's insane. It's like Top Rack, Top Rack is um I mean, look, you can't sit there and go who's the best world superbike rider of all time because again, we ha- we get into these arguments all the time. I mean, Johnny on I mean, Johnny's just unbelievable to me. Like unreal. Top Rack, unreal. But like when you look back and you go, who's the greatest world superbike rider of all time? Bautista's not on that menu for me. Like he just isn't. 
You know, I can look yeah. at Carl Fogarty, Doug Poland. You can look at Colin. Um, you know, if Spees would have stayed around long Merkel, enough. Merkel, you know. You know mm-hmm. Merkel. I mean, like, like now you're going back. Scott Russell. I mean, there yeah. are guys that you look back and you go, yeah, that guy was unreal. That guy was unbelievable. S- Swollen has um, to be in that conversation. Yeah, right? that's what I said. Doug Poland's in there. Yeah. So there's guys, right? And I go, like, for me, and, and I know it sounds disrespectful, but AB to me is not – He's not even in the – I mean, you just named off how many guys. He might not even be in my top 10 of best champions that World Superbike's ever seen. I, You know, he might be might be eighth or ninth uh, if we really had to sit there and write it down. Even though he's won all these races, the last two years to me seems a bit watered down. Had he gone on the Honda and did we, done what he had done Unreal. on the Ducati? Yep. Or, yep. or even if he won half the races, I think, of course, he would be in that conversation. Yeah, well, I've seen Johnny Ray, and, and you start looking at champions, Greg, that have won on two different brands, to your point, okay? Johnny was on a shitbox Honda, okay? And yep. that guy was winning races. He was winning yep. races. Mm-hmm. Top Rack was on a private Kawasaki. I mean, I know it was being rolled out from a maybe the factory team, but he was on what is considered, and he was winning races, all right? Um, who else was double winners? I think Poland on Ducati and Honda back in the day. I know Fogarty won on Ducati and he won on a Honda back in the day. Um, at Corser comes to mind. I mean, look at Troy Corser. He's mm-hmm. won on Suzuki's. He's won on Ducati's. Um, yes. So you start looking at those guys. Those are the guys that will go down in history as the great champions. Biagi, Cheka. You know what I mean? I mean? If you if you look at the all time win list on Ducati, I think Chaz has got fifty something wins, right? But you're not going to lump him in that because he didn't win a championship. So. And by the way, I hung out with Chaz for about. I was out on the ring road on Friday, right, just on a scooter. And, um, uh, anyways, I was sitting out there, and Chaz saw me just riding by on a scooter. Turned around, came back, and chatted. And just, it might have been one of the best chats I'd ever had with him because we just talked about all kinds of different things and his 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 role now and and all that. Uh, what a great guy! So the fact that you mentioned mm-hmm. him is yeah. And dude, we've known him for. When did he come to the States? I mean, it was definitely DMG years. It was DMG years. You knew him better than I did. I never really got to know Chaz. Um, yeah. And the fact that he he was kind enough to, to whip a scooter around and come back and talk to me for 20 minutes while he was out there kind of watching uh, the Ducatis as it was um, going around. It was great. But I know we got a little bit off topic, but um, I was in that grandstand and there was – the grandstands were full at Portimao. They were full. That's great for World Superbike. They and need that everybody kind of. was pulling. I mean, there was guys up there with Spanish flags and this that. Everybody was pulling for Top Rack. Anytime Top Rack made a move, you could just see it. You know. Um, yeah, you could hear the cheers when Top Rack would fight back. You could actually hear the cheers through the, yeah. the the microphones that are sitting around the racetrack. Yeah, and and it's like it as a race goes, it was a fantastic race, unbelievable race. As a performance goes, maybe the single greatest performance I'd seen out of a rider in that regard who was relentless and just wouldn't take no for an answer. I can go back and think of better races. Um, you know, the 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 Troy Bayless, Colin Edwards, and Imola, the year Colin won the championship. Those oh two races, God. you could watch them oh, over yeah. and over. But, I mean, you could go back and go down the line. The, the Fogarty-Russell battles back in the day, can't compare. You can't compare. Um no, but, but I but, agree with you 100%. Probably one of the greatest performances on a racetrack I've seen by a single rider. Correct. Period. There's no question. And I think that, you know, Johnny Ray and 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 Rinaldi and Lockett, all the top guys there right now would probably look at that race and go, wow, that was what he was trying to do there was he just didn't want to lose. He was pissed off after losing the sprint race the exact same way. Leading it, doing everything he can, and getting nipped at the line. Same thing in the in the uh, in the World Super in the race two. So these guys are coming here. I think at the end of the month, I think they end up back here in Jerez. Uh, they took the place of the Argentina Argentina round, um, and I think you know obviously I think he's got he's got to score one point or something. And and please understand, to win a world championship is unbelievably difficult, especially World Superbike, no question. I just think that it would be cool if Batista just came out and said, you know what, my bike does have a big advantage and I'm and I am I am able to stay with the guys I need to stay with to take advantage of the power of my bike. Come out and say something like this. You know, like be a little bit more uh I don't know if it's humble or whatever the word might be, but he he really does sometimes 
strike a nerve. Just kind of give credit where credit's due, right? Not he's, and he's not trying to say he's a bad rider, but you say, look, I was able to take advantage of the Ducati's advantage, which was top rack and race two held a tight line. I had nowhere, and he kind of alluded to this. He said it, but he didn't give credit to the bike. He gave credit to himself where he said top rack had the inside line, so I just had nowhere to go but the outside. And yep. it's like, yeah. You literally out drove a guy around the outside and he couldn't even get in your draft. It was your bike such a missile. Yep. Well, just give Ducati credit saying, look, you know, the way these things are, this bike, you know, makes my job easier. It's not easy, yep. but it's, but on the other hand, Jay, look, we're not in the situation. We're not Bautista. We're not, but, you know, like living his life to get him to the position that he's in. I just understand. I think I can really get how frustrated Top Rack is and why he's justifiable in doing that. And there's a shot of him head down on the tank in Park Ferme with his crew. Yep. I mean, if that dude actually shed a tear, I don't blame him. You know, yeah. you 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 have the hardest day of work in your life, and your whole goal in life is to win. And to no fault of your own, hundred percent out of your control, no matter what you do, he just goes, Bruh. Well, like I, for for a perfect example, I'm looking at something right now where Batista basically He's not, you know, he's basically saying that he didn't want to get close to Top Rack when Top Rack led into turn one because his tire temperature would go up his front tire. It's like that. <laughs> sorry, man, but I don't see how's, that. How does Top like, Rack feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> right? um, and then he's talking about, you know, if he didn't pick up his bike a couple times, you know, Top Rack is on the limit. Um, uh, and he thought, if he doesn't pick his bike up, we're both going to go down. Yeah, because he's tired of getting beat. He's tired of seeing that. He's gonna, You're going to get roughed up. I mean, if this again, and I, I sound like the old guy, if this is 10, 15 years ago with some of the people that we knew 10, 15 years ago, they're, they're parking him. They're, they're, it's not, it's, it's rough. It's going to get roughed up. But Jason, That's, when you, when you were racing super sport, yeah. were you not as a guy who's 172, 175 pounds yeah. racing against guys that are 145, were you not in a similar situation where you were like, I'm crushing this kid in the corner. As soon as I get out of the front straightaway, he just goes, meow. Yeah, no, you were. And um, it, it's it, frustrating. I've, it I've, I've been there myself as a bigger guy and or a guy who's not on a bike that's, you know, as fast, period, like a Formula Extreme stuff on a stock, you know, 750 super sport bike. It's frustrating. It's, it's just the way it is. And I think, too, I think, too, that when you look at it, I think when you look at it, it's like I want somebody I, I want somebody to feel like there's a rivalry. Like, I don't. I'm not going to be offended if Top Rack doesn't like Alvaro Batista and he comes out and says it. Like, let's, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of yeah. get tired of the, like, Top Rack is so pissed off in Park Fermi. And the next thing you know, he's over there hugging Batista and giving his crew the thumbs up. He's got no allegiance to Ducati. I'd be like, I wouldn't be, I, look, there's a difference between sportsmanship and there's a difference between, like, like, just showing your frustration and saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sick of losing to you. Like I'm tired of it. I'm pissed off. Something's got to be done, you know. And well, we'll see if they I don't do know. anything. On, on the on the other hand, it's not Ducati's fault. No, in terms absolutely of, you know, they're not, not the ones. They're not the ones getting balanced, and it's not Batista's fault. So correct. I kind of understand not both sides fault. of it. Yep, it's mm-hmm. not. No, you're, it's definitely not. It's 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 weird because you're trying to say something, and I'm not sure what I'm trying to say exactly. Other than, like I I think that. You know, you listen to Johnny and you listen to Top Rack. They're trying to tell you that oh, Alvaro and his team did a great job today. Well, yeah, look at the package they got to deal with compared to what those mm-hmm. guys are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't even bring it up anymore. I would be like, yeah, just you know, we finished second. We're doing. By the way, I was thinking about that now that you mentioned it. Back to the Marquez thing, and now you were talking about how everybody's convinced you know that they know because they're over there that he's going to Grassini. I don't think I've ever heard Marquez in winter circle when they in winter circle, he finishes third and he turns around and congratulates the the two guys, like the two Ducati guys. Mm -hmm. He didn't say the word Ducati. He didn't say that, but like just the way he said it, it was almost like, you know, see you next year. Yeah. See you soon. Warm up the seat, man. Uh, In the sprint race, by the way, it was Bautista. So I think the second time in his career, maybe that he's actually done the, the hat trick done the triple. Or he yep. hadn't done one in a while. Raz Gottliogli was second. Locatelli was third. Locatelli, by the way, had a motor blow up, and he was pretty pretty pissed when. Uh, oh, wait, that was two weeks ago. A Garner 
Lekawana. Uh, Gardner Rinaldi. rode great on the Gardner rode great on the weekend. He had a really good weekend. He rode really yeah. well. Gerloff ended but, up. Ended but let's up talk pace, about but. Garrett for just a second. Yeah, we need to, dude. That was the best I'd seen him ride in two years. Like honestly, like if you go back to you know this is his second year on BMW, you can go back to even man. It was two years ago that I was here, so I might be the best I've seen him ride in three years or more because that kid, like. He didn't qualify well, and that's something that you know he admittedly says that he needs to continue to work on. But he could see the leaders at the end of that race, and he rode so well, so consistent. He is BMW's bright spot. Now, saying that, Vandemark rode amazing. It was good to see Michael Vandemark kind of back to his old self and pushing and riding well. Um, but, I mean, Garrett right now is the standout right now for me at BMW. He is the standout guy, and he did amazing. You know what I'm nervous for? He gets factory equipment, same equipment that the other factory teams get next year. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure that's going to help him right now. <laughs> like, no, his I mean, package that he's got seems to be working really well. And the biggest thing was for BMW, it's they're proving that they can go the race distance because Garrett does get stronger. When he was on the Yamaha, it was like those last five laps, Garrett would like turn it on. And while people were fading and their tires were dropping or they're getting tired, Garrett was always charging to the front. And it seems like he's able to do that now with the BMW. Yeah. I mean, it was great. It was, um, it was just nice to see him put some results in and ride kind of the way we've known and seen him ride over here in the past and making passes. He was coming through the pack. He was 11th at one point. In race one, he was 11th and moved himself all the way up to fourth. And then Super Pole race was a little bit tougher, but it got him up from 12th on the grid to 8th on the grid. He finished 8th in the Super Pole race. Um, and then he took advantage of that and ends up fourth in, in the next one. So I'm really hoping that that we could con- see continued improvement from him as the year goes. I talked, I got, a, I had a great conversation with Loris Baz uh, while we were there. Some guys that we remember from being here. Um, he's working on some things to stay in the paddock and guess who i ran into that said gotta please say hi to greg hmm another racer in the world's a racer yep hmm johnny ray valentine de bees oh man i love that dude i saw him and i saw him in yama hospitality i saw johnny i didn't get to talk to him i didn't want to bug him um those guys, man, they they get pulled a lot of different directions. And yeah, yeah, I can imagine. You know, like that guy, he's just he's one of my favorite guys, and it's like I I want to go up and uh, I wanted to go up and say hi to him, but I just didn't want to bug him. I did stay at the hotel uh, the first three nights that that, that the Cowie guys were at, so I I got to see uh, Xander, you know, the data guy, um, and I got to see Pierre Reba and one of my old data guys, Christoph. So yeah, it was cool. It was cool seeing so many friendly faces while we were over there. Well, that's pretty much going to do it for us. Uh, yeah. We'll have to decide what we're going to do next week. You know, maybe an interview of some sort because there's no racing to talk about. And then we have a few, you know, in a row. We'd I do have, to- Greg, for you, mm-hmm. since you wish me a happy birthday with a song. Um, <laughs> if we want to dedicate a full podcast to David Cold next week and the meltdown that he's had while we're over here, I mean... <laughs> Well, all right, you got to paint that picture a little bit. The thing about David Cole, and I don't have any idea what you're talking about, Jason, but this I is know. what I do know about Cole. Tell us. He is the king of Chuckwalla because he's done a bazillion laughs. He goes to a new track and he just, he just like a boat anchor just shoots out of his. I wish, end. I wish that I could, and it's so great that you just explained that narrative because it has zero to do with that. Nothing oh, okay. to do. All right. Sorry. Which is even, which is even better. <laughs> yeah, we both are at some point. Because he does and, that Crab McGrab stuff or whatever it is. He's a yeah, black belt. And crab my, my cr- Crab my yeah, grab, carve, like, a, yeah. carve up a turkey or something. Yeah, whatever something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, um, but yeah, he's, he's um, actually all the boys are doing really well at the track. Um, so yeah, they're all doing pretty well. Simon had a little bit of a, eh, today, but mm. David's riding okay, and Tyler's riding. Tyler's riding great as he always does. But, but yeah, like Kolb is, he is, he is pure entertainment. So, oh, and, is he having them? Is he having hey, a meltdown about like rental cars, rooms? Oh food? no, 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 no! I, it's okay. it's too good. I'll, I'll feed y'all. I'll feed you in. You know, he's gonna kill us when he hears this part. Also, Stevie English was asking me to go around and, 
And Stevie English was asking me to introduce Kolb as four time as three time Formula Forty champion. Stop yourself. <laughs> Did he really? The three time? Kolb yeah. the three time. That's what Stevie Stevie English is like, Jay, when you introduce him to one of the other uh, announcers, introduce him as three time Formula Forty champ. So great. Dude, there's a guy who's a uh, a video game streamer who's like our age. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, may, he might be 10 years younger than us. Okay. But he's got a huge following. His name is Dr. Disrespect. And he's super tall. He's like six foot six. He works out super fit, but he wears like a wig and he wears like this, this, I don't even know, this red vest or whatever. And he won two like championships like 15 years ago when video games were new, you know, or 10 years ago or something. Yeah. And it's not taking anything away, but he calls himself the two time all the time, yep. which is hilarious. That's great. He's like, like, what are you talking about the two time for? You know, like, <laughs> that's, that, so that, great. that's called the four time. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just three time. He's just three. By times. the way, by the way, are we friends? Are we tight? Are we like brothers practically? Who, me yes and you? No? Yeah. Yeah. Did you get my that, lozenges? Oh. Yeah, uh, exactly. We're no, not. You know There's what? your answer. I, I got these. A, I can't see him. Your video's out right now. I can't oh, see you. Your signal's trash. I got a little birthday gift in my, uh, in my uh, hotel room from the hotel. And Do you want to like- tell people how old you are? Or are we going to leave it a secret? Let's leave it a secret. 75. Wanna... Same age as you. Hey, you're 43 for life. Hey, there's 43 a, for life. This guy Factory says to me, I got a good one for you. And, and I'm, I'm saying this as humble as I can. So I come to this track day <laughs> and uh, I get here yesterday. So nobody's listening by now anyways. But I get to this yeah. track day and the guy runs it. It's called their Redline Track Day. He's out of England. Great, great guys. He lives here. The main guy lives here in Spain now. Super good guy. So, of course, you know, Simon, we've, we've nicknamed him. He's a bit of a hurricane. Because uh, he just kind of gets in there and just disrupts everything. And then Cole, you know how he is. If it's, mm. you know, Tyler's just sound. He's just quiet. So this guy says, he says to me yesterday as we're leaving the track, we kind of said goodbye to him. And I, I said, hey, we had a great day. And and he goes, were you fastest today? And I said, oh, I, I, you know, I, they do lap times. I, I, I don't know. He goes, he goes, you know, with that last name, you better be fast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah, whatever. So I leave. So. Today I ran back by him because he's kind of letting me jump groups. Like he's let me go out with Simon and David and he's let me go out with Tyler because they're in separate groups. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. super cool. Like I didn't go you ask. Should be, you should be in the intermediate group, but he's letting you go in the advanced group. It's very nice. I'm at, Me and Tyler, Tyler actually is in the race group. They take the top 35 guys, put them in the race group. Oh, just based on lap times. Yeah, so there's some racers here like Chris, Christoph, what is his name? Christoph Ponson? Ponson's here. He's going fast. Anyways, there's some race guys. So they actually lap time these things and and Tyler squeaked in in 34th yesterday out of 35th. So he got nice. in. And Simon and David were only like three seconds off that. So they were in the next group. But I went up to this guy today and I said, hey, I I, I just want to say thanks again for letting me do this with my friends. You're making the trip even better for them. And he goes, I have, a, I have an apology to make. He says, I didn't realize that you were the Jason Pridmore. <laughs> no, sh- he thought you were just a guy named Pridmore. Yeah. So he just was like, yesterday, he's like. So at least it, you know, I, it was great. It was actually really funny. And then, so Kolb's the four time, and you're now the just I'm, simply. I'm the. just a three. He's a three time. He's not four. Oh, three time. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. All right, he should yeah. be a four time. I he's two that with, fast. Two with an asterisk. So, and uh-huh. and and the thing is, we is could call Kolb like, skunk man, but that's another story. So then, so then it's like now I'm getting people that are like, we were at lunch. These guys like, why do we recognize it? You know, from TV because dude, Moto America. People recognize from Moto America over here. So, oh, is that right? Yeah, it's really, really cool. So, I found out that one of the guys at lunch that was there, these three guys came over from England and they were talking. And he went to the head guy to tell him, Oh, did you know that Jason Primor's here? Guy's like, That's that's Jason? Like, so yeah, it was pretty funny because I was just some Pridmore. I thought he was talking about my dad. That's what I thought too. I thought he was like, Oh, you got to be. Yeah, hopefully you're fast with that name, and I'm Especially like, from well, the U- being from the UK, like that, I would yeah, think exactly. That was, That's what I, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. It was really really uh, funny. So now, of course, Colvin and them are giving me shit about that too. This is a bu- like we, what we should have done was number one, you should have got me lozenges, which you didn't because you're an asshole. And secondly, it's, hey, we blame should, Steve we English. Some, we should get some Greg's Garage business cards, just like yeah. for the podcast. I mean, so you yeah. can just hand them. Hey, you should listen to our podcast. Really, really grow this thing. Yeah, increase the European audience. By I 100%. think they're gonna we're gonna get some people because they're all being told about the podcast. You know, Simon, Simon and David are like, oh, the podcast. Thanks, Jason, boys. We appreciate it. Jason and Greg, you know, they're like, oh, we watch it. We watch Moto America. We watch this and that. And then 
tell us the podcast. So, you know, so we'll probably now we'll be up to like 10 people listening. So it's awesome. Cool. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you're on the end of this long, did you have something to say? So you don't interrupt. No, that was getting ready to wrap her. Hey, and not only that, I I got your lozenges coming. I just knew that we weren't on the air till March of next year. So I know that they're, I know they're coming. Hey, I'm not the one who made the promise you did. Steve English is here and he's saying, yeah, he's kicking our asses. That's what he says based off of his wooden spoon Mm -hmm. thing. We got to ask him why it's wooden spoon. It sounds a little. I, I don't want to know. And and the fact is, is he forgot your lozenges because he knew to bring them, and he didn't bring them, and so I couldn't give them to you. That is true. Steve would have been the reliable of the two. There's and no the, question look what about it got that. Me. No, yeah, got Steve would have had to hand them to you, and you would have been like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Or oh, like two <laughs> weeks later, two months later. G-dub, G-dub. I was uh, cleaning out my bag after a month, and yeah, uh, these were these. in my boot. These were in my brand new day and easy boots. Yeah. Brand new, which they are fire. I saw the post on Instagram. Pretty cool. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening. Dinner time over here in about what? It's seven forty-five. So dinner still doesn't get served over here for like another three, three and a half. <laughs> it's so, Spain, baby. Yeah. So, anyways, so I just want to say uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Me and G Dub really, really appreciate it. And uh, I don't know what we're gonna talk about next week. Maybe we'll get Kolb on live. It'd be good. He could just scream at both of us. Now nah, we'll get we'll get somebody real on here. Maybe Bobier. Uh, He's sitting around doing nothing other than raising Bobier. a kid. Hey. Put a call in huh? Max Max Flinders. Let's get it while it's fresh. Yeah, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea. We'll Let's see you Max. Max. All Anyways, right. all right, everybody. Take care of yourselves. G-Dub, love you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. See love you guys. Too, All right, safe travels. Bye.